Well, it's good to see y'all, Calvary Chapel. We are so blessed, my wife and I, to be here at this Fellowship of Believers. This is a very sweet Fellowship of Believers. We we love it here. Uh, the Lord is really blessed. He continues to bless. The church continues to grow. We're having to deal with that. And uh, so this is a, just a fun time to to uh, to be here. Um, as you know, in Calvary Chapel, we teach through verse by verse, and ordinarily now we would be going through Luke with Pastor Tom, but since he's not here, we're actually going to do something a little out of the ordinary, do an Old Testament passage in a morning Sunday morning service. We don't normally do that. Usually Old Testament is on Wednesday nights. So we will be taking a look at Psalm 119. You don't have to get worried. We're not doing the whole thing. <laughs> we're just... I'm not even sure in the time given that I could even just read through the whole thing, and, yeah, so uh, let alone comment on it. Although just reading it, it's such so, so rich and so sweet. Uh, it's uh, it's good if we just read it; it would be beneficial to us, I'm sure, because it is God's word. So let's uh, get started. We'll pray and uh, and and begin looking at the passage. Father, we are thankful for your great goodness towards us. We're thankful for your great mercy. We're thankful that, uh, you know, we know that Pastor Tom is ready to go be with you, but at the same time, we uh, are th- thankful to have him with us longer. We love him, and we ask your blessing be on him, that you give him grace and healing. We ask your blessing would be on Tom and, and uh, Lisa and their whole family as they've gone through this, and we ask you to continue just um, giving the, um, the healing that he needs. We ask that you would... Help others. I'm sure there's others here who are having some kind of physical issues, and I ask that your healing touch would be on each one of those as well. We ask for your guidance for the leadership. We love what you're doing here at Calvary Chapel Springfield. We're having a we, we, we enjoy seeing the growth. We enjoy the fellowship, and we are so happy uh, for your blessing and the, and the blessing of your Holy Spirit, who gives us love for one another and who provides uh, peace. Uh, between us, and, and we ask that your blessing on that would continue. And, and as you bring people into Calvary Chapel, Springfield, we it's our desire to to uh, not lose anybody. We we want to catch, and we, we we want people to be able to hear your word. And so we ask that you guide the leadership as we look into other possibilities for building uh, another for another for other buildings and having enough room. We ask that you lead us in that and that you'd continue to pour out your blessing on this fellowship that we would be to the praise of your glory that we would be individually to the praise of your glory that our marriages would be to the praise of your glory that our families would be to the praise of your glory and that our fellowship uh, and serving you would be to your praise of your glory because you are worth are worth it you are worthy of all honor and glory and thanksgiving blessed be your holy name please bless your word to us we are thankful for your word Bless your word to us now in this time, and uh, and teach us, draw us nearer to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm sure that most people here probably have some uh, favorite verses, and um, you know, I would have to say that Psalm 119 is definitely in my top 1,000 uh, favorites. It's it's uh, actually it'd be pretty high in that in that top 1,000. You know, a lot of times somebody said, "What's your well, what's your favorite book?" And I get thinking, "Well, I think it's just the one I just finished reading." You know, because I, I enjoy as I go through, uh, and I get to the I get to the end of the year and I'm finishing up the book of Revelation. I just go, oh, "That's it," and then 
No, he didn't provide us anything else. But then I go back to Genesis again, and all my old friends are back. <laughs> They're, it's, it's all it's so good again, and I and so I really do uh, tend to think of well, that's you know one of my favorite books, or that's my favorite chapter, or something, just because I so much enjoy going through, so much enjoy to see God's progressive revelation of Himself as He goes through, because. You know, you start off in Genesis, there was no Bible back then. All they knew is what they, when they had these encounters with God, and then this is recorded for us, and we see how God gradually reveals himself through his word. It's just wonderful. I, I, I love it. So anyway, Psalm 119, it is all my, it's one of my all-time favorites. It is the longest psalm, and it is the longest chapter in the whole Bible. Uh, but we aren't going to look at all of it. Um, We'll only be, actually, we'll only be looking at the first eight verses. Now, um, this is an acrostic poem in Hebrew. What that means is that generally in a normal acrostic, every verse starts with the letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The first one starts with the first letter, Aleph. And the second one verse starts with the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Beit. And it goes on to Gimel, Dalet, Hey, Vav, and so forth through the whole, you know, so you might have a, ch- a chapter and it's 22 verses uh, and it could be an acrostic, and it's every every verse, each verse starts with the first letter uh, in succession, or starts with the letter in succession of the Hebrew alphabet. There are some that are different. In the book of um, Lamentations, there is a chapter where it's an acrostic, but it actually devotes three cha- uh, verses to each letter. And so the chapter is six. It's easy to find, because if you just go to Lamentations and find the one that's uh, 66 verses, it's 22 Hebrew letters, three verses for each letter. And there's others in the um, uh, in Lamentations that are only 22 verses long, and yes, those are also across. I think out of Lamentations, there's probably only one, if I remember right, there's only one chapter that is not an acrostic. Well, Psalm 119 is the king of the acrostics. <laughs> it has eight verses for every uh, letter of the alphabet, and that's how we get to 176 verses, 22 letters, 10, eight uh, verses per letter, and it gets you to 176 verses. So that's why it's so long. And we're just going to be looking at the first eight verses, which means every single one of these verses that we're looking at in Hebrew, they all start with the same letter, and that's Aleph, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Now, many of you have probably heard me say that we study God's Word, we read God's Word, we study God's Word, the Bible, in order to know God better, to love Him more, to walk in His ways, and be conformed to the image of His Son, or become more like Jesus. To be conformed to the image of His Son is the... I had people call me into questions why I explain it, it's because I've had people call it, what do you mean being conformed to the image of His Son? Is this some kind of New Age thing? No, it's actually Romans chapter 8, verse 29. <laughs> That's God's will, that God is predestined, that those of us who follow Jesus should be conformed to the image of His Son. He wants us to be like Him. There should be some family resemblance with our brother the Lord Jesus, and there should be some family resemblance to the Father. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. Um, so when we read the Bible, when we read God's Word, study God's Word, and, I'm, and I say those words because they're not synonyms, they're all things that we should be doing. When I read through, well, when I read through the Bible in a year, I'm getting a pretty big scope. There were a couple of years where I read through the Bible twice in a year, so two years I read it four times. And that was like zooming way back. 
I, I kind of liken it to looking at maps. So when you do a Bible study, you've got a city map out, and you're looking at street names and stuff. And then you go through the Bible in a year, you got like an atlas, and you got, you know, how all the states and, you know, maybe how some of the countries are laid out. And then when you read through it in less than uh, a year, it's like you zoom back, you're on the moon or something, you can see how all of the uh, continents are related and everything. It's just like, it just gives you this context for interpreting the Bible as a whole. So there's good things for all of it. It's good to read through the Bible in a shorter amount of time, but it's also good to take the time and get in and dig out. Dig, you know, you're not going to find your way to a place well, if you if you don't have GPS and if you don't have if all you have is like a uh, a um, you know a globe, you're not going to find a street address somewhere. So there's times where you you know you need to be digging into the word and, and getting into the nitty gritty of each uh, uh, the you know the the uh, like a city map or something. It's all important. All of that said, to say that this is not an academic exercise. We we have a purpose. And that purpose is to know God better, love him more, walk in his ways, and become more like Jesus. It is the pursuit to know God in truth. There's a lot of folks out there who have this idea. They have their own personal idea about God, and they think that's what God's like just because that's what they think. When actually it has nothing to do with how God has revealed himself as he's told us about himself in his word. Uh, that's the true God. That's the one that we want to get to know. And the way we get to know him is looking at how he has revealed himself in his word and not something that contradicts his word. As we get to know him better, we will love him more. There was an old song that said something like to know, know, know him is to love Love, love him. And I think that that is also true in our pursuit of knowing God, that as we get to know him better, I just, from my point of view, I cannot see how you can't fall in love with him. <laughs> just, I, I really can't see that. I mean, you gotta be, not, not if it's, uh, I guess if your heart's just hard, you could, but it's, it's, uh, if you have any, anything in you at all that wants to get to know him, that once you, uh, um, get to know him, you will love him more. And as we love him more, we don't want to do anything to hurt his feelings. We don't want anything to grieve him. We don't want to disappoint him. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's in John fourteen fifteen. So we don't want to uh, bring grief or pain to him by, uh, by not walking in his ways. And as we walk by the Spirit, as we take in his word, we're walking in his ways, his Spirit and his word will have their way, his way, in our hearts and to make us to be more like Jesus. This concept of becoming more like Jesus has a theological name. It's a biblical name. We call it sanctification. It's based on the word for holiness. If you're looking at the Greek text, you can see a direct correlation to the root word for holy, and you see it in consecration and sanctification. That's basically the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, making us holy, making us more like Jesus. And we uh, want to make sure that we are cooperating with that work of the Holy Spirit, cooperating with the work of his word. One of the ways we cooperate with the work of his word is to actually be reading it. I know I'm talking to Calvary Chapel here, and I know that we're people of the book. We're people who uh, have a high priority on the word of God, and that's and that's good. Um, uh, but I have known some people in Calvary Chapel, and they they like to listen to listen to pastors on the radio or something. There's nothing wrong with that, but 
But I have, I've had to say, okay, yeah, that's good. You could do that. But you need to take time to actually be reading it yourself. You need to read the Word of God yourself. Uh, so I know that, um, that this is Calvary Chapel, and we have a high emphasis on the Word of God. Um, and so we want to cooperate by taking in the Word. We want to cooperate by walking in the Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit and the Word of God will have uh, its way in a, uh, their way in us, making us holy. And think about that for a moment. When it comes to holiness, if I just said, what are some of God's attributes? Probably one of the first things that gets, would get said would be love. And that's true. That is an attribute of God. Somebody might say just, and that's true. That is one of God's attributes. Um, we could have merciful, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness. Uh, those are all attributes. Omniscience, omnipresence. Uh, we, we could, all of these are, are things that are attributes of God. But what's the chief attribute? If his chief attribute was love, then when we talked about his justice, it would have to be a loving justice. Or if his chief attribute was justice, and then we talk about his love, it had to be a, a, um, a just love. But his chief attribute is his holiness. His holiness is the only attribute that is emphasized in Hebrew by repeating it three times. The Bible does say God is love. It does not say God is love, love, love. It does say that he's just, but it doesn't say he's just, just, just. But there is an attribute that is emphasized by repeating it three times, and that is his holiness. So his chief attribute is holiness, and his because his chief attribute is holiness, it merges and harmonizes all of his other attributes. And so when we talk about his love, it's a holy love. If we talk about his justice, it's a holy justice. And all these things are brought into harmony by his chief attribute, and that is holiness. Now, there's a whole lot of these attributes that God has that he does not share with anybody. Nobody else is going to be omnipotent. He's the only one that's omnipotent. Okay, uh, Satan is not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. Um, fact is, if you're rebelling against God, how smart can that be? I mean, I'm not trying to run down, you know, <laughs> powers and dignities and you know stuff like that. But it's just it's just not wise to it's just not wise to to, to oppose God. <laughs> you're not going to win. You're not going to win. It's impossible. But um, there's, so there's these, these attributes that he has that he doesn't share with others. However, this chief attribute, the thing that defines God above everything else, his holiness, that's what he wants to share with us. And he tells us in his word he wants us to be holy because he is holy. Now, you might be thinking, um, what does this have to... Oh, one more thing on... Um, on holiness in uh, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 it says that without holiness we will not see the Lord so this is not just something that God wants to do and we can take it or leave it or something if you leave it it's dangerous because it says without holiness you will not see the Lord so what does this have to do with Psalm 119 well Psalm 119 is a very sanctification oriented psalm the whole psalm is about God's Word. In fact, out of all of those 176 verses, it depends on what version you're reading, uh, you know what I need to do is go through and count the words in Hebrew. 
but most of the verses, there's only a few that do not mention God's word somehow. It might say precepts, it might say commandments, it might say testimonies, it might say statutes, it might say ordinances. It could be any of these words and more. Precepts, I don't know if I already said precepts, but it could be uh, any of these words. Um, and they all refer to God's word. In fact, in the Hebrew class about a year ago, I put up a slide that had all these words that refer to God's word. And then I defined what each one was. And I thought about doing that this morning, but I figured I didn't have time to go through all that. So we're just we're just going to recognize that these are all terms, all words that actually point us to God's word. And we see that in almost not every verse in Psalm 119, but almost every verse in Psalm 119. And so the synthesis on God's word and the fact that we should keep God's word and walk in God's word, walk in his ways, the, all of this emphasis, this, this is all sanctification oriented. And so this isn't something I can take and go out on the street like a go team or something and just and be saying on the street because you're talking to unbelievers. I can say, walk in the ways of the Lord. And they're going to, well, they don't know what the ways of the Lord is. They don't know anything about it. Well, first of all, when Jesus was asked, what's the works of God? He said, the work of God is this. Believe in the one he sent. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what most people need to hear. That's the first step, is to believe in Jesus. Um, but, but this message, this passage we're looking at, Psalm 119, is really, really geared for those of us who are believers. Because it is very sanctification. You can't be going into a walk of sanctification if you're not saved. You can only be walking in sanctification and have the work of the Holy Spirit going on in your life if you are saved. So the uh, this walking in his ways part, of the, this Psalm 119 is a walking in his word psalm. It's a walking in his ways psalm. And so um, as God's words mentioned one way or another in all but a few verses, uh, we see this emphasis on, uh, on uh, being obedient to what God has. Now back in the 80s, late 80s, there was a song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. And that's... And I don't know what the, I, I'm not going to sing it. I don't even know the song. I'm not sure I even heard it. I just was aware of it. Um, the thing is that most people want to be happy. You know, if you just, I'll give you a choice. Um, for the next five minutes, you can be happy or you can be miserable. Which do you want? And yeah, <laughs> they're going to, most of the time they're going to pick happy. And, and that's what, uh, but the problem is that people, even though they want to be happy, very few know where to go or how to come to the place of being happy. It's not hard to find. God has told us. In fact, in these, these Psalms, the Psalms were the place where God really made me hungry for his word. So the Psalms are very precious to me anyway. But from the get-go, from Psalm 1-1, it says, Blessed, happy is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, or stand in the way of sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. That's the way of blessing. Who, who, who is the blessed man? The blessed man is the one that's not walking in bad things, and he is meditating on God's word. And he delights in God's word. And so from the get-go we find that this happiness is is based upon our relationship with the Lord and walking in his ways. Now, I I mentioned that, uh, you know, it said, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of God. The word for blessed there is actually ashray, which means happiness. The happiness is of the man who walks in the, uh, who does not walk in the way of the 
ungodly, but uh, delights in he, the one that's walking or that is um, uh, delighting in the law of the Lord. He has the happinesses. Okay, and then we, we look at Psalm 119. It starts off with the word blessed, and this is that same word, the same Hebrew Hebrew word ashrei, and it's referring to happinesses. We know there's a difference between joy and happiness, um, because we can be going through things that just aren't happy at all and still have the joy of the Lord. And we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. But in this particular, and one of the, there's several Hebrew words for joy. <clears throat> there's uh, Simeach and um, Simcha and uh, even Giel. Those are words that, could, that mean joy. Those aren't the words that's used here. The word that's used here is the same word that uh, we find in Genesis chapter 30, verse 13, when Asher was born and Leah declared her happiness and declared her blessedness. And she was playing off of this word, Asherah, and she, called, she named the boy Asher. So the, the name Asher is, is related to this word of happy. And, and she was expressing her happiness. So, let's read the first verse. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. The the undefiled way. The blessing, the one who is blessed is the one or are the ones whose way is undefiled, unblemished, blameless complete and that blameless complete undefiled unblemished way is how do you find it by walking in the law of the lord that's those who walk in the law of the lord so what road do i need to take to find happiness and blessing god has told us the way of blessing and happiness it is for those who are walking the blameless route they're taking that road the blameless road how do we know out of all the roads which one the blameless one is? The blameless one is the way of walking in the law of the Lord, the word of God, the instruction of the Lord. That's the road map to the blameless way, and that's the, that's the way to the happy way. If you're not walking in obedience to God's word, how can you expect to be truly blessed, happy, or have joy? It's just those things aren't compatible. Uh, when you do something wrong, you know what? You're being disobedient. You haven't confessed it. You're miserable. But everybody wants to be happy. The problem is they don't know how to reach it. Um, but the psalmist knows how. It's the blameless way, the holy way, the way of walking in the Word. The world would tell us that the way of defining, the way of uh, happiness is having the right to define yourself any way you want to and choosing your own pronouns or uh, you might, the world might tell us that finding happiness is through fornication, through some other relationship, through uh, pornography, through um, selfishness, having it my own way. I want it to be done my way. Uh, I'm not against Burger King, but, you know, I'm, I'm just talking about in life in general that this having it my own way is not the way to find happiness. Um, the, the culture around us can tell us that, you know, entertainment can help us be happy or fads or styles can make us happy. However, the world, our society, our American culture, wars, 
uh, will not lead us into the way of blessing and happiness. Only by living a life according to God's instruction book, the Bible, will you find what your heart truly desires, which is the peace and the the joy and the happiness. So verse 2. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies. By keeping his testimonies, what are his testimonies? Well, basically, this is one of those words again that we're just going to say, we're talking about the word of God. We're talking about the Bible. What is keeping? Well, this is a Hebrew Hebrew word, notes ray, which means to perceive with the eyes, to watch over, to guard, to protect. Uh, we're to guard ourselves in God's word. We're, prote- we're to protect God's word. We're to protect God's word in our life. We're to protect God's word from being distorted or lied about. We're to stand for what the truth of what God's word says. That's all part of keeping it. Sometimes we get this idea that keeping God's word means we're going to be obedient. And that's not wrong, but it's more than that. It's also guarding it. It's protecting it. Watching over it. Keeping your eye on it. On God's word. So how do we how do we go about this uh, keeping his testimonies and, and and how does this work with how does this work with walking in the way of the Lord walking in the law of the Lord well part of this as I said earlier Bible study Bible reading is not an academic exercise what we are doing is to seek him with our whole heart like it says here in the last half of verse two to seek him with our whole heart. What a paradox that we're not going to find happiness by looking in the wrong places. Doing what we want uh, will not get us to happiness. Seeking God with our whole heart will get us there. In Psalm 16:11, it says, In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Being with God is being where the fun is. When, when, we ha- when the rapture happens, it's party time. And it'll be fun. And even if ice cream has calories in heaven, it won't matter. (laughs) In fact, cheeseburgers, it'll all be good for us. So, (laughs) so, uh, at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Um, Seeking God with our whole heart, that's what helps get us there to this place of happiness. The true student of the Bible is not simply looking for information. He is seeking God with all his heart. We seek to follow the, the, the word of God to get to God himself. Verse 3, they also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Now, who, who are they? Well, this is not disconnected from the rest of it. These, these are the blessed ones. These are the ones who are happy. These are the ones who are undef, uh, in the undefiled uh, way. They're in the, the law of the Lord way. They're in the testimonies way. They're in the seeking him with the whole heart way. Those are the blessed ones. And they do no iniquity. Well, if you are walking in the spirit and your mind, your heart is filled with the word of God, then the chances of you doing iniquity is very much lessened in your life. It's very it, uh very small in your life. Get away from God's word, get away from walking in the spirit, and you will find it very easy to be getting into iniquity. This is the safeguard we have by constantly being in God's word, constantly seeking him with our whole heart through his word. 
Walking his ways leads you to not do iniquity. Verse 4 through 6. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed when I look into all your commandments. Okay, back to verse 4. You have commanded us to keep your precepts, precepts diligently. God has commanded us to keep his precepts diligently, and to be diligent is to be very serious about what we're doing. It's not mindlessly going through the motions. Uh, it's not just uh, winging it somehow. It's not just uh, being uh, um, cavalier. It is uh, about uh, a, a determined, intentioned effort. As we sit down to um, read God's Word, we are not just doing it because it's something that we do. We do it because, okay... Even if you have to take yourself by the collar and shake yourself three times real hard and say, okay, I'm not just doing this because it's in the schedule. Today I'm supposed to read from this chapter to this chapter. It's, okay, Lord, I'm going to spend this time with you. This is your word. Talk to me. You're my God. I'm your servant. You have something to say. I want to hear you and, and look for him to talk to you. I've often promoted coloring in the Bible. I, <laughs> A little rabbit trail here. A guy I used to work with, I would I would say, I'm doing some Bible memorization. Could you check me out? And I'd hand him my little New Testament. And I'd, you know, all of a sudden, fall short of the glory of God. You know, <laughs> and just kind of the Roman road stuff. And he's checking me out to make sure I've got it memorized right. You know, I'm getting him into the Word of God. Anyway, he looked at my little Testament and he said, does your pastor know you write in your Bible? And I said, my pastor taught me to write in my Bible. <laughs> And so it's, it's a good thing. Well, okay, that was an aside. The thing is, I was gonna, if you color your Bible, you are more likely to find something if you're looking for it. If you said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to color everything where the Bible talks about this. Well, it has to do with the love of God. In fact, I remember talking to a friend, and he was struggling with the book of Jeremiah. He said, oh, it's so hard. It's doom and gloom and doom and gloom. I said, get a red pen, and every time you see God's love, underlined in red. I said, when you get done with Jeremiah, you're going to find out you've used an awful lot of red ink. You know, if you're more likely to find something if you're looking for it. And, and that helps you to look for it. That was free. That was in my notes. No, no extra charge for that this morning. <laughs> okay, but we are uh, to keep his precepts diligently and diligently. This is, this is all in that category. Why did I take these bunny trails? Because this has to do with being diligent, being deliberate, being determined in what we do. And so we um, want to um, be directed in, in that, to have his help in that. The, the word is actually passive in Hebrew, um, that, um, that our ways would be directed be passive. It's a request to God to make my ways, our ways directed into his ways to keep his statutes. If we are indeed walking in his ways, when we read his word and are doing what is right, we do not have to be ashamed. That takes us to verse 6. We don't have to be ashamed if I'm not walking in his ways, if I'm not being obedient, I'm not walking in the spirit. And then I decide I'm going to read through, say, Matthew chapter uh, 5, 6, 7, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, I'll come out of that feeling pretty beat up. But if I'm walking in the Spirit, trying to learn from the Lord, to know Him better, walk in His ways, become more like Jesus, then you can read it and go, 
okay, I'm not perfect, but look at what all God has done in my life. I'm not what I used to be. His sanctifying work by His Holy Spirit, by His Word, that's going on in my life. And so you can read His Word, you can read His statutes, <clears throat> and not be ashamed. You can look, it says, I will not be ashamed when I look into all your commandments. Um, in fact, there's oftentimes I'll pray, Lord, if I need disciplined, if I need to be disciplined about something, I want you to discipline me. I want to learn. I want to do what's right. But Lord, before we come to that, could you just help me to do it right the first time? <laughs> could you just help me to walk in your ways so that I don't have to get spanked? And that's much more pleasurable. <laughs> and then you don't have to be ashamed when you look at the commandments. Okay, let's go on to verse 7. I will praise you with uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. It is a joy to learn from God's word. It's a joy to get to know him better. Even Moses in Exodus 33, uh, verse 13, was talking to God. And he says, if I found favor in your sight, teach me your ways. That, why? That I may know you. Why? That I might find favor in your sight. Again, the things we're talking about here, I'm talking to Christians and I'm talking about uh, walking in God's ways. It's not because we're trying to earn anything. We're not trying to get saved from any of this. We're not trying to earn you know, gold stars from God or whatever. The whole thing has to do with like, I am so appreciative of what you've done for me. I'm so appreciative of your grace in my life. I want to live for you. I want to be pleasing to you. I want you to use me to your praise and glory. And it's not about like being manipulative or anything like that. And so whenever um, we have this joy from studying his word, I will praise you with uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. When, we, when, when we, God speaks to us, we learn from his word, then we, we, it is only right and fitting, and we will uh, give praise to him because of uh, the, the favor that he's shown us by teaching him. He is our God. He wants to talk to us. We want to hear from him. As God teaches us his ways, we get to know him better. And we are moved to give thanks for these discoveries that bring us closer to him. I always delight in any new insight that he gives me. Um, and if he gives you an insight as you're reading through the Bible, write it down. Because next year you might be reading through it. <laughs> and you read what you wrote down and go, I didn't remember that. That's cool. You know, <laughs> maybe that doesn't happen when you're younger, but I, it does happen when you get older. That's my handwriting. I wrote it. <laughs> But write it down and keep track of it. Um, it, is, it is good to keep, keep track of that. And, and it's always there if you're sharing verses with somebody else or you're in a Bible study and you say, well, this is something God showed me. And it's just, it's just good to have that always right at your, at your fingertips. And then another thing I advocate often is to read through multiple translations. And so I'll be reading through some other translation. I go, oh, wow, that's a cool insight. So I'll go back to my main Bible that I usually use. And I'll open it up and the notes right there. Oh, OK. <laughs> it was cool all over again. 
that God's word is good, and it's just great to to rejoice and give thanks as we go through his word. In fact, I often will pray through his word. The Psalms are easy because a lot of that's prayers anyway, but but it doesn't matter what it is. If it's something, and, and maybe I feel like I am getting beat up about it. So Lord, I, Lord, I'm feeling kind of ashamed about myself on some of these things. So, you know, I pray through whatever I'm reading. I like to try to pray through. Uh, it's, a, it's a good exercise to do that, too. That, too, is not in the notes. That, too, is free. No extra charge for that. Okay, let's go on to verse 8. He says something pretty bold here. I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me utterly. Now, we can look at that two ways and think, you know, is he worried that God's going to leave him? Uh, you know, that's why I have to I have to keep a statute so he doesn't leave me. And and I don't really think that that is the case. I do think it's very important for us to have that resolve. That's a part of this deliberate, diligent thing that we were talking about back in uh, about uh, verse four. But our commitment and our resolve to walk in his ways, our resolve to put what we have uh, learn from his word into our obedience, that our walk would embody uh, the thanksgiving, the praise, and the holiness because we found it to be the path to happiness. We should, um, we should praise. We should be people of praise uh, and thanksgiving as we are reading God's word and walking in his ways and getting to know him better. This way of happiness cannot help but end up in praise and thanksgiving. And you cannot be truly happy if you're living in disobedience. If we're not building a wall of sin between us and God, we can rest knowing that he will in no possible way leave us or forsake us. In fact, in the book of Hebrews, is quoting the Old Testament. And in, in the Greek of the New Testament, they used the most emphatic negative statement possible in Greek. It says, no possible way he will leave you. No possible way he will forsake you. So what's he talking about here when he talks about, you know, I will keep his statutes, but don't forsake me. We already have God's promise that he's not going to forsake us. Um, This resolve to walk in his ways, this resolve to keep his statutes is linked to a humble dependence upon him. I can say, just like it says here, I will keep your statutes. Well, how far is that going to get me by myself? Well, not very far, really, at all. The psalmist, don't walk away from me. I need you right here. I need you with me through this to be successful in keeping your statutes. And so it's not so much like he's worried that God's going to leave him as much as is, is a humble dependence upon, I need you. Uh, this is what I want to do. I need you with me to accomplish this in my life. This resolve to walk in his ways is linked to a humble dependence upon God. Our resolve to walk in his ways can only be done through the humble dependence upon his Holy Spirit being at work in us. As we read and study the Word of God and to know Him better and walk in His ways, God is faithful. His Word is faithful. His Holy Spirit is faithful. And He will be at work in us to make us more like Jesus. He wants to share His holiness with us. And when we walk in this way, we will recognize it, just as the psalmist did in the first few verses, that this is truly the way of blessing. This is truly the way of happiness. 
There's a lot of delight in walking closely to the Lord. I know the old King James version, Psalm 66, I believe it is. He says, my soul follows hard after you. And that actually isn't good enough as a translation. The word is really devak. It means cleave. My soul cleaves to you. Um, and that's well, the um, that's the the um, the way we want to follow him. Um, yes, as we read, as we read and study the Word of God, know Him better, walk in His ways. God is faithful. Spirit's faithful. His Word is faithful to make us more like Jesus. His Word and His Spirit will continue this sanctifying work in us to make us holy. And that's what he wants to share with us, is his holiness. As we walk in this way, we'll recognize it and uh, know that this is a way of blessing and happiness. Whether by death or by rapture, we live this life of happiness, of being close to the Lord. But by death or rapture, when he takes us home, then we go into the presence of him, in, in whose presence there's fullness of joy and right, pleasures forevermore at his right hand. The problem that we have is that we've all failed God's holy standards. Um, we've said it a little while ago, Romans 3.23, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. That's the bad news, but the good news is that Jesus paid our debt. All we have to do is confess our sins, turn from those sins, uh, which is repentance, and then uh, believe in Jesus, that he paid our debt, that he rose from the dead, and then receive him and receive his free gift of eternal life, receive his Holy Spirit. And it's just that simple, and that's the good news. It really is that easy. Uh, he made it easy for us. Uh, it cost him, it's free for us. In the crucifixion of Jesus, we see the love of God and the justice of God. Because he is holy, he has to be just. And his justice is going to be a holy justice. And sin has to be punished. And so God did that. He had to punish sin, and that's what he did. Later on, just a few verses down from Romans 3.23, that all of sin falls short of the glory of God, it refers to God as the one who is just and the justifier. He's just because he did punish sin. He did that on Jesus and his crucifixion. Because the, the debt has been paid, he can be the justifier and call us claim us to be not guilty because of this sacrifice of his son. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In verse 15, I like where it says that they who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. This forgiveness is available through faith in Jesus and receiving him. And so if there's somebody who's maybe watching over the Internet or um, listening to it, some, some uh, recording, or somebody here and you have not received Jesus, then this, this really is the way to happiness, is to come to forgiveness through Jesus Christ by receiving him, confessing your sin, repenting, turning away from your sin, believing in him, believing in his His. Um, sacrifice, believing in his resurrection, and um, and then receiving him because uh, he paid that debt. And it's good to, uh, that's the starting place. That's the starting place. And then after that, it may not sound like fun, but walking with the Lord is is fun. Walking with the Lord is exciting. I uh, 
would not trade any time in walking with the Lord for naught. That's just uh, what a waste of time life is. Until Anybody who's gotten saved walking with the Lord knows that everything before that was a real waste of time. <laughs> so, yes, come to Him in prayer and, uh, and receive eternal life and His Holy Spirit and His forgiveness. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your great sacrifice. We're thankful that you paid the debt. We're thankful for the provision you made for sin and uh, for appeasing God's wrath against sin so that we can be forgiven. You did this because you wanted us to be able to be with you. You did this because you wanted us to be with the Father. And so I thank you for, for taking that for us. We're thankful that you want to do your work in us by your Holy Spirit that you uh, want to speak to us through your word. And, and so we are thankful that you want to share this attribute of holiness with us. We want to thank you for your holy word. Please help us to walk in your ways, in the way of blessing. Holy Father, fill us, equip us by your spirit. Holy Spirit, do your work in us. Use your word to help us to walk in the way of your word, in the blameless way, in the way of holiness, in the way of happiness and blessing. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.